report from the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. Flight director confirms that. We are looking at uh, checking with the recovery forces to see uh, what can be done at this point. The Space Shuttle Challenger had broken up and was streaking toward the Atlantic Ocean. In part two of our series, Challenger 20 years later, gone but not forgotten, KTRH's Bonnie Petrie talks to a mission control veteran about the fate of the crew. Obviously a major malfunction. Mission Control trying to comprehend what it's just seen. Something catastrophic has happened to Challenger. Jim Oberg worked at Johnson Space Center in 1986. Everyone immediately knew and knew correctly that the vehicle had torn apart, had not exploded in the traditional sense of a concussive detonation that uh, would have ruptured and smashed everything. Leaving one large piece tumbling toward Earth. At that point, the crew cabin was coming down intact. And according to NASA's official report, the force causing the ship to break up was not enough to kill the crew. Oberg is certain the crew survived the initial event and had some time before loss of oxygen caused each of them to pass out. So they may, may have had 20 or 30 seconds of consciousness um, and in the free fall. And that's the time in which they would have uh, made their made their peace with uh, with the uh, uh, impending death. Oberg imagines those excruciating seconds of consciousness. Each one had time and to themselves because it's unlikely they could talk to anyone else. The power was off. They were in the helmets. They had the intercom was not, was not working. And uh, so they would look at each other, I'm sure, perhaps hold each other's hands. And, uh, and, and fade away. Oberg says it's important to him that the terror the crew may have experienced not be forgotten. The people would gather at the Space Center in, in the center mall at the time of launch and then be 73 seconds of silence and then, oh, that's it. Well, friends and I, flight controllers who knew what really had happened by then, would stay behind and remain silent for the next two minutes and 45 seconds which was the period of time which the crew was still alive, although mercifully unconscious, until they were killed on impact. Oberg thinks his former employer ignores the horror of the crew's last minutes, and he resents that. I think the NASA official ceremonies of the 73 seconds memorials were facile and superficial and to some degree deliberately a detour from thinking about what happened after those first 73 seconds. And NASA doesn't like to reflect on how the Challenger crew died. Kent Rominger, who's flown shuttle missions as both a pilot and a commander, is the chief of the astronaut office. We, we really don't like talking about that uh, or discussing it. it. It probably just opens wounds that we would rather not. Oberg believes NASA's discomfort goes deeper than that. There are people who made decisions that violated the one fundamental principle of, of well, safety on Earth and off it, which is that uh, in a situation in which you have not verified a system is safe, you have to assume it's dangerous until your tests show you that you don't have to worry about it. He says with regard to Challenger, NASA didn't do that, and it had deadly consequences. Bonnie Petrie, News Radio 740, KTRH. Tomorrow. I have taken an immediate action to form an interim investigating board to implement 
early activities in this tragedy. We asked members of the Challenger Accident Investigation Board who's to blame for the disaster, and they told us in part three of our series, Challenger, 20 years later, gone but not forgotten. That's at this time tomorrow on News Radio 740 KTRH. You can also hear our special series, Remembering Challenger, at KTRH.com, keyword Challenger.